Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, where the New York Knicks four-game losing streak is a thing of the past. The Knicks pull away from the Philadelphia 76ers for a 110-96 win. We get into how Tom Thibodeau's flexibility spurred a big win. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on Knicks and LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on MBA. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And I wanted to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day because we're now available on all platforms. So be sure to check us out on YouTube and see our smiling faces day in and day out. Hit that notifications bell, hit that subscribe button to ensure you never miss an episode, and then hit that auto download function if you want to hear us on the audio podcast platform side as well. I say that like a 150 year old man. Um, but who's talking to you? Actually, at the age of 28, I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play by play broadcaster's favorite play by play broadcaster. He is Alex Wolf, the editor in chief of the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website in the whole wide world. Check them out on all forms of social media at the Strick. Dot land and the New York Knicks back in the win column, a crucial win over an Eastern Conference rival who came into the night just a half game behind them for the fourth seed in the East. The Knicks got up by 26 thanks to some scalding hot shooting from Bojan Bogdanovic and a fantastic start by Josh Hart. And then the Sixers completely flipped the game in the third quarter, turned up the defensive intensity. Tyrese Maxey started torching Jalen Brunson and anyone else the Knicks threw at him um, on his way to 32 points, I I think by the start of the fourth. Um, But the Knicks were able to pull away thanks to a small ball lineup from Tom Thibodeau. Alex, I I might have a seizure. Having said that, just to be safe, I'm going to throw it over to you to talk about it. Yeah, it was cool to see. I mean, it's good to see him go to that when they have a relatively full strength team. Now I say relatively because it seemed like Hartenstein, they really, they made note of this on the broadcast. They really want to ease him in. So he just played a few minutes at the beginning of each half and only ended with just under 11 minutes for the whole game. So maybe we could take this with a grain of salt, you know, that Tibbs basically was given a mandate of like, no, do not play Hartenstein more than like 12 minutes or something. Like, and if you do that, like you're in big trouble. Um, as tempting as it may be to just throw him back out there for 40 minutes again. Uh, so maybe this isn't something that we're going to see all that often. And then, you know, if, if you look at it, like if you had just subbed Hartenstein in there instead of, uh, instead of precious, then it's like, I guess that's somewhat similar to lineups that the Knicks were running anyway, earlier this year. Like if you just kind of sub out deuce for like IQ, uh, then it's, it's pretty similar. Cause Josh Hart was like their their backup four for most of the season so far. So, you know, it's, I, I guess the unique part though, is like Brunson yeah. and Deuce playing together. And maybe, maybe yeah. you'd argue that like quickly is the equivalent of that, but we've just never really seen Brunson and Deuce get extended run together. It's true, which is kind of a shame because we saw sort of like the beauty of it in this one, yeah. right? With Deuce hounding and then Brunson being able to generate steals off of that. And then that led to ultimately what it was crazy. I, I rewatched like the last like six minutes of the first fourth quarter just to like mm-hmm. make sure that I had fully captured all of it. And like that was they basically hit the dagger with that breakaway steal and dunk from Deuce with like three minutes and 20 seconds left in the game. Like that was pretty much it. Like the Knicks only scored, I think, three more points from there on out. And the Sixers only scored like four or five more points from there on out. So, you know, it was a it, that was sort of like the the lineup that sealed everything and the combo that sealed everything for the Knicks in this game. And I don't see why you wouldn't go to them more like 
we talked about it after IQ got traded, but like Deuce grades out physically very similar to IQ, especially for defensive purposes. Like we always said, hey, IQ can guard up to the two because of that long wingspan. And like Deuce is technically a little shorter, like in head size stature, like, you know, as far as like how tall he can stand straight up. But Hype. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but like wingspan wise, he's much bigger. Yeah. That is the word for that height. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but like wingspan wise, he's much, yeah. you know, he, he's not much, but he's like a solid, like almost inch uh, longer than IQ was. So like he can guard up a position and, you know, comfortably be out there with Brunson and guard twos and, you know, help do what he did today, you know, with just kind of taking some of that defensive load off of Brunson and allowing him to, play sort of off the ball and generate those steals, which has been something that has been probably other than like the charges drawn, probably Brunson's greatest asset on the defensive end is the ball hawking, looking out for the steal and then getting the break going and, and getting things going. So I like that combo a lot. You know, I think that even if, even, you know, if you get Hartenstein back for more minutes and, you know, he was in that lineup, I think you functionally still have the same thing because he's just, he's able to run the floor. Well, he's able to pass well, uh, you know, and do most of the things the precious does, but just a little taller, maybe not quite the ball handler, but like makes up for it in other ways. So hopefully this is a combo that Tibbs is willing to go to. If the Knicks just kind of really need a lineup where they can have a spark, you know, middle of a game, late in a game, whatever the case may be, like just to kind of get them back on, on the right track, which they desperately needed in this game and they got there and then put it away. Yeah. I, I, I thought this was, this was interesting because when I was talking about, my concerns around them trading Quentin Grimes, Tyrese Maxey was was specifically the player I had in mind because I remember that that first Sixers game, like OG Ananobi, at least at the start of the game, like I I, I wouldn't go so far as to say he struggled guarding Tyrese Maxey, but but Maxey made him look like a pretty ordinary defender, and it's just for all of Ananobi's length and athleticism, just a tough matchup for him, just because of how much of a jitterbuck Maxey is and how far up the court you have to guard him because he's turned into a legitimately great three point shooter. And I was saying this is where you want. Quinn Grimes, who's 6'5", super strong, incredible screen navigation. And, and in that game, like, I think flipped the game with his defense on Tyrese Maxey. And then tonight, like, the Knicks were able to get that from Deuce McBride. And I wonder if, if part of their rationale for trading um, for trading Grimes was just that that show of faith. And, and, like, we talked about this even when they moved up quickly. Like, it was kind of doubling down as a show of faith in Deuce and what he's shown as a shooter this year, which has been even better than Grimes. I, I'm still of the opinion that Grimes, especially in the playoffs, is the guy you want because of his height. But to me, that single-handedly flipped the game. The fact that Deuce was able to contain Maxi and just the the verve that those four um, or all five of them, because Precious Achua too, um, just switching onto Smalls was was excellent. That's something we can, we can talk about more next segment. Um, but just the verve they brought in rotation, like one of the standout plays, like of that fourth quarter run, was like was late when the Knicks kind of started pulling away again, and and Maxi got it off like a really nice swing swing, and Deuce just had this frenetic closeout out to the wing, and and Maxi got right by him. But the whole point was to run him off the line, not let him shoot an open three. Ended up swinging it to the opposite corner. I think Ubre like either traveled or or stepped on the sideline. But that was happening over and over again. Like even the play you were referencing that I'm I'm with you sealed the game. Like Brunson was on his butt on the other end of the floor and just sprinted back. But I think like Brunson looked to me a little bit dead in the water at times in this game. And he got a jolt of energy from playing with Hart, playing with DiVincenzo, playing with Deuce McBride. And it, it was just it was just fun to see that group. And I, I thought like it's it's just a big time show of faith in Precious Achua, who at six foot eight, Tibbs is is trusting to man a lineup 
as a lone big on the floor, which is is just a, a, a the, about the greatest compliment Tom Thibodeau can give an undersized big man. And, and Precious made it count with his offensive rebounding. And I think just as importantly, again, like his ability to like, he was like repeatedly, like him and Jericho Sims are switching on to campaign, switching on to Maxi and getting stop after stop after stop. Yeah, and I thought that the ability of him to switch, of Sims to switch, ultimately was was huge for the Knicks on the overall defense too and and sort of lays a a roadmap for what we can expect going forward I think and made life really easy on like for example Bogdanovich who has the the reputation of of not being a great defender and yet got to force a number of steals in this game because he was able to I mean this is sort of what I was talking about the other day with like uh, when we did the show, you know, sort of being like, hey, you know, what are some goals for going in, you know, uh, post All-Star break and all that stuff. And I was like, get these new guys integrated and make sure that they understand, like, a guy like a Bogdanovich, like, you're not going to have to be defending point of attack all that often. Like, we've got safeguards in place. Just be ready. Keep your eye on the play and be ready to, like, poke the ball loose or get in the middle of a passing lane or whatever, because that's the next style is, you know, force you into a situation where you have to drive inside and then make it uncomfortable enough for you in there that you try to kick it out and then sort of funnel that pass where you want it to go to the, you know, the spot you want it to go with a waiting defender ready to just kind of hawk in there and get that pass. And we saw even Bogdanovich who has, you know, a rep is not being like a, a great defender, get three steals in this game and, you know, generate a lot of defense to offense that way, uh, which allowed him to be, I think a plus on the floor. And all that comes back to Sims and Achua doing what they did on that end sticking with their men, you know, just making it playing really good interior defense, but most importantly, just keeping guys in front of them and walling off the paint that way, which is very similar to like, remember when we used to have these same discussions about like how Nerland's Noel versus Taj Gibson defended yeah. like back in like 20 to 21. It's very similar to that. where like, you know, Nerland's Noel used to be like the Isaiah Hartenstein type, the like, I dare you to come in here. Like, try me dude like come in here and i will just block the crap out of you whereas taj gibson was a really really good defender too because he just said i'm just gonna make sure that you can't get within about eight feet of the hoop and then if you try a floater or something i'm gonna contest it well and that's sort of i think precious and jericho's blend of of defense there that has allowed them to find some success and why tibbs is starting to trust them much like he trusted taj gibson to be center at six foot nine as well yeah, and I, I want to get into how um, I, I I just thought it was it was a big deal that not only Tibbs was willing to go to this, but that he made the right decision. And at times in the past, we've seen Tibbs make the right decision and then retract it because it wasn't in line with what his his preordained idea of what the right decision should be, and like and, and different situations where he wasn't trusting what was happening in front of him and instead was trusting his preparation. Um, but we'll do that in just a sec. Because first, Alex, I want to tell everyone about our good friends over at Stitch Fix. You know the instant confidence boost you get from an outfit that makes you look really good? That's what I get with Stitch Fix. Easily upgrade your wardrobe this year with a professional stylist that helps you find new on-trend favorites that will work for you. Boy, could I use it, Alex. I just gave my stylist my size, style, and budget preferences. I ordered boxes when I want and how I want. No subscription required. And they sent five just-for-me pieces, plus outfit recommendations and pro styling advice. I keep what works, and I just send back the rest. No big deal. My stylist always sends just-right pieces, and the fit is on point. It's like having style ESP. I don't know how they do it, but... 
they just get me. Stitch Fix makes it all so easy. I don't like to shop and they save me that time and effort. Plus, I get the outfits that make me look good and feel really good. Style that makes you feel as good as you look. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash locked on. That's stitchfix.com slash locked on. Stitchfix.com slash locked on. All right. I want to I want to continue on this point because we we've just seen so many different times, Alex, where Tom Thibodeau has screwed this up. And I, I just I cannot I cannot count the years it has taken off my life. Uh, we've come on this podcast ranting and raving and be like he had it like he, he had the right thing on the floor and he just didn't go with it. And often often that would be about the Knicks going small, finding success and then bailing out on it. And there was. There was none of that tonight, and I'm sure the temptation to put Boyan Bogdanovich back in the game, the way he was shooting the ball, was was there to some extent, even though Tibbs, we can get into this, doesn't seem to totally trust him yet, regardless of how well he's shooting it. I'm sure the temptation to put Jericho Sims in with pressures at Juo was really high, and to have that too big rim protection, but Tom Thibodeau recognized what was going to work, and he actually executed it, and and to me, that, that could be a forebearer of what's going to happen in these playoffs. There's something me and DJ Zulo, when he was on the pod last week, got into a whole lot where that, like, after the just sheer health of this team, was probably, and and maybe still is, my single biggest concern, that the Knicks have all this depth, right? Maybe the deepest team in the NBA, but do they have a coach who actually knows how to leverage it? You can have the best front office in the world who gives you the best pieces, but if you don't know, you don't have a coach who knows how and when to deploy them, then it's ultimately irrelevant. And it's as if you just didn't have that depth. And I, I thought tonight was a good show of faith. Obviously, it's going to be a bigger deal when everyone's back. And, and to your point, like decisions like not playing someone like Precious Achua, who, I mean, let's just, let's face it, like over the next last seven games, like, can you really argue that he hasn't been one of their three, at worst, four best players? Like, like things are only going to get tougher in that department, but at least so far, like he's, he's doing all the right things. And, and I thought it saved the Knicks tonight when, when Philly seemed to have them in some danger of cutting the lead all the way down to six. Yeah. And, you know, I think the big thing that maybe is different this season versus seasons past is that we actually have gotten to see a good amount of NBA action. And I mean, it's unfortunately in large part, thanks to the injuries and then in parts of the trade initially, like when, you know, they moved uh, Grimes in quickly. And then, you know, then you deal with some of the injuries after that and whatever he's getting a really good look at a lot of players now, which is not something that normally happens because he normally settles in on who he likes and who he doesn't like within the first like three games of the season and doesn't change too much about that. And, you know, we saw last year obviously made that change to the nine man rotation, moved Grimes in the starting lineup that really turned things around for the Knicks last season. This season, I don't know if we really had that like one shining moment that wasn't just the trade, obviously, which was just kind of like a seismic whole roster shift not just like a Tibbs decision uh but he's gotten to really like through desperation get a good look at what some of these guys can do and like he was clearly very reluctant to play a guy like Precious Achua at first because he wasn't making great decisions at first he clearly was still trying to like figure out what his role was on this team compared to what he was being asked to do on the Raptors where they're kind of more of like a they want their bigs to handle the ball more and like, you know, just generally like have everybody be more at it, like not have as defined of roles. It seems like they want to do that kind of more like everybody plays every position, you know, positionless basketball kind of deal there. Whereas Tibbs now has just been able to be like, no dude, just go out there, get rebounds, finish around the hoop. That's it. Like maybe take one or two threes just to keep the D honest, but like that's what we need from you. And precious has come through big time. And like, I, I do think that 
just by virtue of these injuries, maybe we look back and we say that was like the only silver lining out of like half the team getting hurt uh, right before the all-star break is that Tibbs got a really good look at a number of players. And now maybe we'll have the confidence of like, if they need a stop on someone in the playoffs, like let's say that they're playing the bucks and like, they want someone to throw specifically on Dame Lillard that Tibbs may, and they're playing Giannis at center at that moment or something like, Tibbs won't be afraid to say, you know what, let's throw Deuce out there for 10 minutes on Dame and see if he can contain him a bit and, you know, have uh, Brunson, you know, be able to not worry about that on defense and then focus more on the offensive end and, you know, be able to run more and all this, that and the other things. So, like, there's a lot of positives potentially come with this. And, like, again, it's, you know, it stinks that so many guys were hurt right before the break and still are hurt. But maybe this is our one thing that we'll look at and be like, maybe that that was in a weird way fortuitous, even if it still sucked to not have those players for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you, you see it in Dante DiVincenzo more, more than anyone, anyone else, the confidence he's gained from, from getting this extra time and extra opportunity and, and precious is someone who like, ultimately, like if let's just say Mitchell Robinson, when they traded for precious was three, four games away from coming back. Like we, we never would have seen this. He would have been an afterthought. He would have been on another team and he probably would have been killing it next year and would have been like, Oh man, that would have been cool. if He could have done that for us a little bit. And, and it's a, it's it's a product of of disaster, but he's, he's he's turning it into not so much of one. And I, I I just thought like like just to wrap it up on him, like he was so good to to start this game in the whole first half. Finished with eleven points and nine rebounds in the first half. Um, had had two like unbelievable finishes where like one on a backdoor cut where he just had like a double pump up and under, and then like an, another one where he like off an offensive rebound where he did essentially the same move and like. I know we've seen a lot of stuff from him. Like I, I missed the magic game. So maybe he pulled it out of that, but I, I haven't seen that from him. Like, like that fluidity and like dexterity in the air, um, the ability for him to operate is like a rim running five, like with, with Jalen Brunson and three shooters around it, it is just so much fun. And obviously it's going to be like interesting and maybe even more effective when they have Mitchell Robinson back. And when they have Isaiah Hartenstein back, rolling to the rim just as bigger targets. But I think what Precious brings that those guys don't is he's just much quicker and then more versatile at the rim in terms of how he can finish. Um, and then he even showed off the playmaking. Like he was a little bit late on it, but he hit DiVincenzo on that really nice back door. And, and again, just the, the switch ability with like him and Deuce out there. Like I'm just wondering if Tom Thibodeau is like drooling, thinking of like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Deuce. I'm going to go DiVincenzo. I'm going to go. Um, Hart, I'm going to go OG and I'm going to go precious just for like a, like five man switch lineup. Like there's just a lot of different stuff they can get you, get, get you to. Um, and he's a big part of that. The other guy, Alex, I, I thought like really was just so consistent throughout this game and got the Knicks off to such a good start was Josh Hart. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, you know, Hart just kind of did all the things that he does best, right? Like first off, well, okay. First off. One thing that he doesn't always do best, but there's, there's a direct correlation between good games from him and bad games from him. And it's, does he step into his threes with confidence early on or does he not? Mm-hmm. And he did that early on in this game. And then it just seemed to like flip the switch for him. And he was like, okay, offensive night, let's go. You know, and then puts together like, I think one of his better offensive games in a while, like, 18 points, seven and 13 shooting two, five from three uh, also gets 12 boards. Most of them defensive, but he was so key with that. Like he was keying in on those defensive boards, starting the break, like all the time and managed to either himself or find others get 
uh, a number of buckets that way. And so three assists as well. So not quite triple double territory like he has been lately, but uh, I just thought that he did such a good job doing what he does best. And it was also, it seemed pretty clear. He had that, that Philly boost uh, of, you know, being in the old Villanova stomping grounds. I mean, there was, they showed he rolled up in the old uh, Ryan Archie Diacono Jersey, uh, an homage to his now former teammate, uh, thanks to the Detroit trade. And, um, you know, he, he just seemed to be enjoying being back where, you know, he played his college ball in the same city. Um, like they always seem to be when they're back in Philly, but yeah, I thought it was a great game from him. Uh, just as far as tone setting, getting out in transition, especially, I think it was the biggest thing and, and just making smart head up plays the entire game and, and not letting the ball stop moving at any given point, whether it's moving forward with him just dribbling in a straight line towards the hoop or getting it moving to someone else. I thought he did a great job of not being stagnant at all. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. Like, I mean, even the like it, it's it's a bummer of a play that you don't really want to take advantage of. But like, even the play where Lowry got hurt, like you you, you could see him like he had the ball, but he's kind of going like on delay, on delay. Like he was like motioning for everyone to just sprint down the court, like got middle, and that was I think the first three bogey, or maybe it was the first or second three that bogey hit of the game, and that that's what got him going and got him really hot. I mean, the way like Hart was able to get deep penetration, get to that fadeaway. Like, I mean, I, I think you're right. Like he he gets fired up to play in Philly and, and, and DiVincenzo too. Like it was all three of those guys were fantastic when the Knicks got off to that early 15 to three lead um, who carried them from there. Uh, that was Bojan Bogdanovic. He was cooking Jalen Brunson, a little bit of off night. We, we talk about uh, why that might've happened and uh, why it's not too much of a concern. And uh, we'll wrap up uh, talking about everyone else on the team. But before we do all that, Alex, I want you to talk to us about our good friends over at eBay motors. Yes, and our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are a guaranteed fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And hmm, this is an interesting list here. I'm going to... I'm going to go with Marvin Bagley, the third. Uh, and Josh notes here, Bagley is the only center left in Washington, is he, and he is going to get a big chance to put up numbers for the rest of the season. I agree. I think, you know, hey, that's a crap team, uh, but that's a, <laughs> a team that nonetheless will need someone to get rebounds and score on the inside. And Bagley has certainly played on a, not a lot of great teams in his career, so he knows how to fill that role. Uh, I think that he's going to have a pretty solid end to the season. Although I will say maybe if you're, if efficiency is lacking in your nine cat team, maybe he's not the perfect guy, but if you need to juice those rebound numbers and just pure points and all that pretty solid choice. So Josh Lloyd from locked on fantasy basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. That's the same with your vehicle. And I've dealt with this with eBay Motors before. I had my old Subaru Forester. Now I drive a Prius because I need that gas efficiency. And I don't do a ton of huge repairs on my car. So, like, I'm not out here buying uh, head gaskets or anything. But I get little cosmetic parts for my car. And I make little repairs myself, you know, like changing out various things or, you know, just putting little cosmetic upgrades on the car. And I got some little... uh little accents for my wheels off of eBay motors, uh, for my, for my Prius after one of my hubcaps flew off and I only had three hubcaps left. 
So I got a little nice accent for my wheels, fit perfect, and I had that eBay guaranteed fit to fall back on. So with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with the eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, and we're back in to keep talking through this Big Knicks win, Gavin. A little, a little bit of a, uh, a cardiac game uh, down the stretch, you know, as the the Knicks seeded the lead a bit. Uh, but part of what made the game so fun and exciting in the first half was Bojan Bogdanovic going absolutely nuclear in this game. And you know, again, I was I, I brought this up, and you know, this is one big thing. I thought, like, I think he's going to be a big part of what this team does in these last twenty something games of the season, and hopefully in the playoffs too. Having that level of score coming off the bench, uh, it seems like Tibbs is pretty resolute with what the starting lineup is now. Particularly if Hartenstein's minutes restriction gets lifted, I think he's going to feel even more comfortable with that with Precious at the four. So it seems like we're probably going to be seeing Boyan come off the bench exclusively going forward unless something changes uh but in this game six of six from three eight of 13 from the field overall ends with 22 points in only 23 and a half minutes so you can't ask for too much better offensively than that i thought what stood out to me was that he definitely knew what his job was in this game which was basically hey bro go out here and make some threes like where you could park wherever you want because we know you can shoot it from anywhere on the floor but like we're just going to feed you, like spoon feed you, spot up opportunities on the outside that are basically wide open all game. And he took those and just ran with it and put together one of the better, especially on a per minute basis, one of the better shooting performances we've seen from a Nick this season. Yeah, I mean, it was, was three threes away from tying uh, Jalen Brunson's uh, Knicks and NBA record and Latrell Sprewell's Knicks and NBA record um, going nine for nine from three. So it, it was incredible. He had 19 points in, in his first 12 minutes on the floor. Like, and, and honestly, like the two plays that got me the most excited maybe were the two twos he had. Like the first one was like, it almost looked like someone like trying to play out of the elbow in, in, in the zone. Like he was just posting up there and you just, you don't really see that in modern NBA offenses too much, but just caught it and like put it over his head and flicked it in over his defender like his defender wasn't even there had another one where he backed down buddy healed like hit a short turnaround fade on him and then i i thought he hit just like a huge bucket um like halfway through the third quarter the sixers had cut it to 10 the knicks like if you remember that possession um i haven't even described you so it'd be tough for you to remember it but um like they like nothing was happening. Like literally they had a play where I heart like inbounded to Brunson in the corner. And Brunson was so frustrated with the lack of room he had. He just turned and just chucked it off of whichever sixer was, was nearest him. I think it was KJ Martin. Um, And then there's like, at that point, there's seven seconds left on the shot clock again, like nothing happening. And bogey just catch, like, I think it was Kelly Oubre in his face and, and just, just shoots it up and in over him. Like it was, it was a thing of beauty. I do think it was telling though, Alex in a game where Bojan Bogdanovic, essentially did not miss it. Uh, he literally didn't miss a three, but like 22 point, 22 points in 24 minutes, also three steals, not an awful defensive game from him was only plus three. And, and again, like you'd never want to read into single game plus minus, but it's, it's also a situation where Tibbs does not put him back late in this game. And you wonder like, all right, is 24 minutes. Like when the games matter the most. And when this team gets healthy, is that the absolute ceiling for this guy who, 
who seems like he's one of like the most efficient scorers in basketball. And I'm not even saying that's a bad thing or I disagree with it. I just find it interesting because I, I don't know about you. Like when they first traded for him, I was like, all right, this is a dude like, like on a night where he's cooking, like maybe he's going to play 35, 36 minutes, but it, it might just be a little bit too much to concede defensively. Or the other, the other perspective on that is, is once the Knicks have OG Ananobi and they have Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hardenstein playing like all 48 minutes at center, like there'll be enough defense on the floor that Tom Thibodeau is like, all right, we can sacrifice a little bit on the perimeter and, and have a little bit more offense out there. Yeah, I was going to say OG is my X factor as far as that's mm -hmm. concerned. Like, I do think that Tibbs looked at it and was like, well, if we have put him out there instead of, you know, whoever, like if it was like instead of Deuce or something down the stretch, then it's like, well, now you're missing that that defense, which proved to be so key for the Knicks down the stretch. Like, I think it just came down to situational in this one. Like, both teams were kind of stuck in mud, and the Knicks just needed to get slightly less stuck in mud down the very end of this game, which is what they did. So they threw out a kind of kind of fast paced, but also kind of defensive minded uh, lineup, even though they were a little smaller, which obviously worked out great for them. I think that if you have OG Ananobi there, though, and you can say, OK, now we'll do a lineup where it's going to be like Brunson, you know, even if you just essentially just subbed in like Bojan for Randall with the normal starters, if it was like Brunson, DiVincenzo, uh, OG, Bojan and like either Mitch or Hartenstein, like. I think that's enough defense to, to make up for it, you know, and that those are the lineups where we could see, especially like a, a greater deal of what we saw from him today, where it's like, all right, man, like just stick with their worst player, essentially. Like you stick with whoever the weakest player is out there, stick on the perimeter. Cause they'll probably be like a shooter, you know, whatever that just can't really dribble the ball as much or whatever, like that role on the floor, stick with that guy, try to play the passing lanes we'll take care of the rest. We'll take care of the point of attack and, you know, all the tougher defensive assignments, hopefully, you know, just, just do that for us and and we'll be good. Cause then there's backline help too. If, if things blow up or whatever. Um, and I think Tibbs will maybe feel more comfortable with him, but you know, I also think this is just a case of Tibbs uh, having his guys that he knew he could count on down the stretch and just like riding them like crazy. Um, and not really playing the two new guys all that much. Cause like Burks didn't really get a ton of minutes either, despite not playing terrible, you know, and that's a guy that we know Tibbs loves and was giving more minutes prior to the all-star break. So I wonder if Tibbs is just kind of looking at it like, well, you know, my guys are fresh right now. This is the first game back after the all-star break. I think this one is important because we're about to go on sort of a tough stretch. So like getting this one is, is a big thing for us. And then just opted to just kind of ride the guys that he knows like a Josh Hart for 44 minutes instead of, you know, trying to work some things out on the fly in a game that became uh, unexpectedly close down the stretch. Yeah. And uh, kind of a mixed night for uh, Jalen Brunson um, did not shoot it well at all. Uh, five for 18 and compounded that with seven turnovers. Like in some ways it was one of his worst games of the season, and he still finishes with 21 points and 12 assists. So that tells you uh, the levels that uh, Jalen Brunson was hitting this year. I'll, I'll mention some of the positives. Like I, I, as the 12 assists indicate, I thought his passing was fantastic. Like he early on, he set up Burks, who who was cooking when he first came into the game, and you you saw, I guess, the upside of this trade for the Knicks between what Burks and what uh, Bogey did in the first half, where it was like, all right, like we we have some real like gunners now like it, it felt like like it's so weird because the Knicks have been one of the best offensive teams in basketball the last two years but it always feels like such a grind like it, it never it I, I don't feel the level of enjoyment I should having a top five offense in the NBA and that first half felt more like oh 
this is what it should feel like to have an awesome offense. And and I thought Burks was a part of that. Um, like he had this beautiful dime to Precious. Like when he was double team, he just threw like multiple fakes and then squeezed it into him. Um, had a great stretch. Like when the Sixers cut it to 71-59, where like he he was like, all right, screw this, I'm taking over. Like bully ball for free throws. Like PNR, like a fake hesitation, um, and then like a fake pass, and then like just like a laser to Precious for a jam, and then had a strip, and then got an and one on the other end. So there were really good moments. I, I thought his defense on Maxi was was pretty terrible. Like there were times where he's playing too far out on campaign. Like overall, it wasn't a great night for him. But down the stretch of this game, like you said, like his defense, his his rebounding even was was pretty good. Like he. He made just enough plays. And then uh, just before we wrap up, I wanted to quickly shout out uh, Jericho Sims. because I, I know you mentioned him earlier, but he was another guy who in 18 minutes, finding a way to get to 10 rebounds, finding a way to get to five offensive rebounds. Like I, I thought he was very similar to Precious defensively. And um, like, I, I think like if you had gotten the version of Jericho Sims we saw earlier this year, who just was, was kind of lethargic and, and like granted, like maybe in, in a team that isn't playing Paul Reed at center, like it would look closer to that. Um, I, I don't know if the Knicks win this game. Like I, I just thought his minutes were huge. Yeah, I agree. I, I really liked uh what we saw out of Jericho as well. I'll just say on Brunson, you know, I the main thing with him is that he never lets a bad shooting night affect anything else with his game, which is good. And you know, I, it wasn't just a bad shooting night, like the turnovers, some of them were a little ugly too. Like there were some situations where it seemed like he just sort of didn't have a plan, which is weird for him. Cause normally it seems like he always has everything figured out two, three moves in advance, you know? Uh, but that said the patience that he showed with passing early in this game to get the rest of his teammates set up was just huge. Um, you know, his synergy with, with precious is actually really awesome. Like, yep. I don't know. They're, they're finding like a new gear together that I almost don't feel like I see with, Brunson with any of the centers other than precious like yeah I think it just real quick I think it's I think it's going to be telling when those guys come back because we'll know like is it something special about precious and is it like that speed that I mentioned or is it just having more shooting around him right. and like actually having like four out like around a rim runner which it, it could be that too so yeah. maybe we'll see Mitch you know just getting in for even easier dunks you know than what precious is getting right now when he gets back uh or Hardenstein when he's back to full strength but yeah the patience that Brunson showed like just knowing that he's going to draw all the attention of the defense and then just slowly like probing his way into like the upper part of the key and mm -hmm. just waiting for the play to develop and then either whipping the pass into precious or just getting it out to the perimeter or to one of the corners. He did that so many times and you know, that's what like leads to 12 assists and makes seven turnovers, at least a little more palatable because you know, that assist turnover ratio stayed almost at two to one, which is crazy. Uh, considering he had seven turnovers in this game, which is normally like half of what the Knicks have as an entire team. Uh, so actually, was it? Uh, yeah, it was almost half of what the Knicks had as an entire team in this game. So just one of those nights. But I have faith that he's going to figure it out. I mean, he just he's the only guy that had a busy week this past week uh, between the All-Star game and doing the press tour of talking to so many different podcasts and stuff, doing his own podcast, I'm sure, all that stuff. You know, this podcast life's not easy. Uh, especially if you're an NBA player, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'd like to see him try a five-day-a-week one. I don't know. We'll see. Couldn't, uh, doesn't have the work ethic for that, Alex. Yeah, I don't know if he could pull that off. You know, that's you got to be built different for that. Anyway, I think that's all for this game. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with game recap from the weekend, some other great topics, uh, plus a bunch of games coming up next week too. So we got a lot to talk about coming up as the Knicks get into the home stretch here. But we'll be here for you all steps of the way. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace out, everybody.